Well, I like to dance, so dance, dance, dance. Welcome to Welcome. Echo. <laughs> Did you know that Echo could be your place, yeah. your people, yeah. and your purpose all in one space? It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. Do us a favor. Let us know where you're watching from. Comment below. Press the like button. If you're feeling crazy, press the ha-ha button. Oh, because we funny. <laughs> or the heart. Or the heart if you're really loving it. <laughs> Either way, we encourage you to take your first steps into this life-giving local church and find the community and the support that you've been hoping yes. for. Stop by at Mayo High School for one of our services at 9.30 and 11 a.m. on Sundays. We would love to meet you. Yeah, we would. And speaking of service times, we are making a change to our in-person service times starting this September 11th. We are shifting our times just a quick 15 minutes. So update your calendars. The new times will be 9.15 and 10.45 a.m. every Sunday. Every Sunday. As always, we want to thank you for your obedience to God's word with the gift of your tithe. Yes, question. When was the last time you asked God about your giving? We not only believe in the tithe, but we also want to be a generous church. And as you are blessed in your life, God calls you to be a blessing. Would you consider giving more today or this month to help Echo be more effective in Rochester and beyond? Far beyond. If you are looking to give, head to our website or text any amount to 84321. Enjoy, Enjoy Echo, Echo Online Service. Wandering into the night, wanting a place to hide this weary soul. This bag of bones. And I try with all my might. I just can't win the fight.
He loves us as He finds us. And right now, that's really the foundation of our time joined together in communion. And as you would have entered today, you would have been given a little cup like that. And I brought up here, and I'd uh, recommend you go ahead and start to open that because it's a little bit tricky. And uh, in just a moment, we're going to join together in taking that biscuit and that juice in communion. You know, around the world and for many generations, eating and drinking has been a way where people come together and not just commune with one another, but beginning to bond and unite over that food, over that drink. And some people would even say that food is the ultimate social agent. The reason is because it's in moments of eating and drinking where we discuss life, we discuss where we're at, we begin to bond together wherever we're at in our journey. But you know, there really is only one ultimate agent of eternal significance and bonding. And that's when we eat and drink in light of what Jesus Christ has done. And that's what communion is today. See, Jesus declares himself these words in John 6. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. But whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise them up on the last day. Jesus says, for his, fle his flesh is true food and his blood is true drink. And so whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in them. You know, in this moment right now, Jesus is not literally saying to eat his flesh and his blood, but what he is doing is he's declaring a moment to come where upon his flesh, his body, he would be whipped, he'd be crucified. And through his blood, which was shed for you and I, it's through his body and his blood that we receive salvation. And so it's in communion today that we are reminded that none of us were good enough, and yet he loved us where he found us. This is the foundation of communion. And so today as we eat the biscuit and we drink the cup, the juice, let us be reminded that it's simply because of what Jesus Christ has done that you and I are receiving this invitation to come and commune with Him, to be bonded and united with Him in eternal life, which begins now through Jesus Christ. And in just a moment, as we take the bread and the juice and we reflect on what it is that we've received through God's kindness, His mercy, His favor, His grace, let us be reminded that we're called to be united with Jesus. And if there's anything that you and I are trying to find satisfaction in but Jesus Christ, would we allow this moment right now to be a fresh declaration of Jesus for coming to be united in you and in you alone? So right now, go ahead. You can take the biscuit. And then after that, as we eat together, take the juice. And as you do that, this is what Jesus said. He took the bread and he said to the disciples, this is my body. He broke it. He blessed it. He said, do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, it says after the supper, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant. It's my blood, which has been poured out, which has been shed for you. We're acknowledging what Christ has done today as we take this, these communion elements.
Heavenly Father, in this moment right now, we thank you for your love in action. God, today we take part in communion not because we're good enough, but because what you did was good enough for us to receive in grace through faith in Jesus' salvation. So God, today I pray for each and every one of us. In this moment, we'd be reminded we've been invited to the table of relationship with you to eat and drink and have joy and life because of what you have done. So God, right now as we continue to worship, let peace come. Love manifest upon our minds, our hearts, our bodies. God, in this moment, we lift up your name, Jesus. And we thank you for what you have done for us. Amen.
Father, we thank you so much this morning for what you did on the cross. Father, from when we called, you answered us. We were lost, Jesus. Without you, we're nothing. But Father, today we want to be right where you are. Right in your presence, Jesus. Sing that again. And I called, you answered. And you came to my rescue. acknowledge your presence this morning that you're here today. doing okay you're doing good hey we are uh concluding our summer series here in the next few weeks work that what i'm calling rude jude rude uh jude is all about just kind of straight to the point you know it's a short book of the bible and uh and what i've really enjoyed over the summer is just kind of slowing down uh the pace even in a scripture basis and and get out the the micro uh the microscope almost said microphone, I am using a microphone, uh, but to really, really look into the scripture and say, hey God, what are you saying for us now? And if Jude did anything well, it was just to remind his listeners to kind of like shape up just a little bit. I guess straight to the point. And, and uh, anyway, today's uh, very similar in that fashion. And so if you have your Bibles, open up Jude 1.20-ish. And, uh, and I'm gonna read from 21. It will lead us into 23, which is where I want to kind of resonate on today. It says, keep yourself in God's love as you wait for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Now, let me just remind you that eternal life is not something that happens when you die, but it's truly something that starts today. Today is when eternal life begins. And so I just want to remind us and just kind of frame up this whole message as we're about to speak uh, about a subject. I want this in the back of your mind. You have received that mercy. You've received the kindness of Jesus to live today in eternity with him. Can, can I hear an amen? I mean, that's an exciting thing. And, and then he says something like this, verse 22. This is what Jude says, be merciful to those who don't. 
But let me, let me say it in the way that we, we kind of preached it a couple weeks ago, is this show kindness to those who doubt. And, and if, if we are trying to be a church uh, that understands faith, at least, and, and I guess with my theology, and you might have picked this up, is my faith is not perfected quite yet. I have way more questions than I have answers. And I remind us, we all remind each other with praying that, saying we're not choosing to follow Jesus because he's made it clear what our path shall be and and exactly understanding all the details. But we truly are following Jesus in faith. It is in trust Say, you know what? We may not have it figured out, but we're going to go there anywhere. Can I, anyway, can I hear an amen there? Thank you. Uh, In verse 23, it says this is where I really want to resonate on. It says, save others, snatching them out of the fire. And yet others show kindness, show mercy, but with fear and hating even the clothes stained by their vices or their sin. Today, I want to lean into that idea that, that we have a calling as a church and as an individual within this place today that we are called to save and snatch people from eternal fire, eternal separation from Jesus Christ, our Lord. And, and when I was thinking about this message and I was thinking, like, how would I start it? Uh, I thought I would just admit that I kind of don't really feel very saved today because when I read this message or I read this, uh, this verse, I actually just think of Liam Neeson's movies. <laughs> Which is kind of random, and I know I've, I've made some of you go, hmm, well, tell me more about it. Y- y'all, y'all know the movie that I'm talking about, right? The Taken movie? You know what I'm saying? Like his, his daughter was snatched, right? And that's where my mind goes. And, and uh, I really enjoyed that first movie. Uh, and then after the second uh, rendition of Taken, Taken 2, I realized Liam Neeson is not a good dad. <laughs> He's just not. And then three like parental rights should be taken from him. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but but uh, uh, Liam Neeson is quoted in one of his movies, and you might find this semi-intriguing to you what I'm quoting Liam Neeson from the movie Taken. Uh, but he says, I will look for you, and I will find you, and I will kill you. <laughs> Some of you are like, how are you going to tie that into the message today, Andy? <laughs> Although we're not going to kill anybody, I wonder if we can be a church that has that passion and has that drive that says this, I will look for you and I will find you and lead you to Jesus. Jude is instructing us, not only his listeners, but us today, that, that, that we are to, all, to be all about saving and snatching people from eternal and, and really momentary hell that they may be living in today. And, and, and some of those Greek words, let me just tell you a little bit about it. Sozo is the Greek word for save. And, and, and when you kind of look into it and trying to get a little deeper understanding, it, it means to save someone who's suffering. That God is calling us to save the suffering one. And that, that Greek word for snatch means this, to carry off with force to carry off with force. And, and what I want you to see with these two words is that we are supposed to be looking for those that are hurting. We're supposed to be looking for those that are seeking. We're supposed to be saving the suffering ones. And, and, and yet, we need to be driven with some passion to, and not just be passive in this world, but, can, but truly pull people 
from some of the snares that, that the enemy has on their life. Can I hear an amen? Yeah. Paul says it like this in 1 Corinthians. I, I love this chapter. In fact, if you have time today, read the full verse or full chapter of 1 Corinthians 5. But in 14, it says this, for the Messiah's love has a hold on us. For Jesus' love has a hold on us. Uh, in the NIV version, it says something like this, for Christ's love compels us. Well, why does it compel us? Because we are convinced that that one man died on behalf of all of mankind and that he died on behalf of all in order that those who live should live, that shouldn't live any longer for just themselves, but for the one who on their behalf died and was raised. In verse 18, it says this, and it is all from God through the Messiah who's reconciled us to himself and has given us the work of reconciliation. And, and again, I, I, there's a lot of words there, and I hope you understand that this in a moment, but it continues on, it says this, which is that God in the Messiah was reconciling mankind to himself, not counting in their sins against them, but entrusting them, entrusting us with the message of reconciliation. See, what... It, Paul is actually trying to say here is this, is Jesus's love should compel us to live in a certain way that others might find reconciliation that would find a bridge to really enter in a relationship with God. In verse 20, Paul reminds us, therefore we are ambassadors. A little more understanding. I, I, I like that language a little bit better. He, we are ambassadors of the Messiah. Of, we're Messiah. We're ambassadors for Jesus. In effect, God is making his appeal through us today. Isn't that good? But that's what God wants to do in your life. He, he is blessing you to be a blessing. He's saving you to be a part of his saving work in this world today. God is making his appeal through you. What we do is appeal on behalf of the Messiah. And the message that we're supposed to live is this, and this is Paul's words, be reconciled to God. Be saved. Truly, would we be people that are snatching others uh, away from the destructive nature of the enemy? See, what I want to tell you is this, is this we're called to be ambassadors. We're, we're, we're called to, to, to resonate with this message of being agents of reconciliation for God. And we're supposed to really buy into this idea that God has put us on mission to save and to snatch those around us. I already mentioned this idea of blessing. And this, this idea of blessing is illustrated probably best by this man named Abram in Scripture, who's eventually named Abraham after he follows Jesus or as follows God uh, in his faith journey for a time. But when God had, had come in contact with Abram, he said this, he said, I'm going to take you. And let me just say this, if you don't mind, I'm going to snatch you from your comfort zone. And I'm going to ask that you would just follow me. And, and, and again, although it was his choice to follow God, there's this connotation that, that, that he really didn't have much of a choice and that he's supposed to follow 
God through this faith journey. But what I found fascinating, or what I find fascinating about Abram's story and his life and his journey is that he was far from perfect. In fact, if I can just say it like this, he was not a very great guy. <laughs> not at least at the beginning. I mean, he, he makes some really poor choices on the journey that when he's following God. And, and, and I would just say this, the, the really cool thing about God and how he works and when we have to understand the saving knowledge of Jesus is this, is God desires no matter who you are, it doesn't matter what you've done, it doesn't matter what you think of yourself, it doesn't matter how many failures you've had in the past, it doesn't matter how much sin that you've been exposed to or have experienced, God truly wants to bless you. And he does that in and through Abram. And what we find out about his story and, and really the resonating message of his story is this, is Abram is blessed. Why? Because God wants him to become a blessing. See, God cho chooses one man to bless the world around him. We're here today because of that blessing. And, and today is a reminder that if you have come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, then you are called to be a blessing to those around you. That if you have been saved, then you have a calling to help save others around you. I, I like how Richard Foster writes it in his book, Streams of Living Water. He says this, Jesus, Jesus uses several striking metaphors to describe our mission and mandate. And he uses metaphors such as light and salt and leaven. And on the surface, these metaphors seems, seem different from one another, but with a little reflection, we see that they all speak of penetration. See, light exists to penetrate the darkness, and salt exists to penetrate the meat, and leaven exists to penetrate the dough, and we exist to penetrate the world. So my question to you today is this, and in the way that you're living your life in response to the grace and mercy that God has showed you, my question is this, is are you that light? Are you that salt? And are you that leaven that God has called you to be within the context and the place and the workspace and the home that you are positioned in? Are you being that light? Are you being that salt? Are you being that leaven? Are you penetrating the world around you? Or is the world penetrating you? Uh, let me just get to the nuts and bolts of the message. Uh, why do we not share our faith? Why won't we share our faith? Why won't we tell someone about Jesus? There's just a, a few of them in my mind that really kind of has affected my, li my life and, and, and maybe my effective nature of being a follower of Jesus from time to time. One would be fear. We don't share our faith because of fear. And in and, and middle school, uh, I can just remember growing up in church and hearing messages like this and I was like, man, I was inspired to share, share about Jesus. But the second I got into that school, I, I, I felt maybe this sense of fear uh, of what are people going to think about me if they know that I follow Jesus, that I'm a little bit crazy about Jesus because he's a little crazy about me. And, and I can just tell you that from time to time in my past, and I assume in your, in your current scenario, your past, there has been times where free, fear creeps in and it makes you press pause in you sharing about the love of Jesus. Y'all, am I the only person here? Okay, okay. How about this doubt? 
Many of us won't share about Jesus because we just have some doubt that we're currently working through. And like I've already mentioned, I want to be a church that's authentic, that we would just admit that it doesn't matter how long you've followed Jesus, there's always going to be doubt that you've got to deal with. And I would just say this is let no small or large portion of doubt make you pause and you trying to share the gospel of Jesus and the good news that he has put upon you in your life. Even though you may not understand it all, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't share at all. How about this? Is shame. Shame will straight up just stop anybody in the room from sharing about Jesus. But shame will do that if you have the perspective and you buy into this theology that you have to be perfect before you share Jesus with somebody. <laughs> you know, again, the world has this message, and I've heard this with, with people that have been close to me that have told me this, that have struggled with Christianity. They say, well, all Christians are hypocrites. And, and you know what I hate to break it to you today about is he's right. We are all hypocrites. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm a hypocrite. Because that's what you are. But that's the power of the gospel. And if you're sharing a gospel rendition that you have to be perfect to follow Jesus, then you're not sharing the gospel at all. And the quicker we understand that we're not perfect, but we are on journey, the the quicker and, and maybe the more effective we can be in sharing our faith with others. So there's a few reasons why we won't share our faith. How about this one? And and this one I feel kind of passionate about today is we forget the consequences. We forget the consequences. Hell is designed for Satan. That's what my theology tells me. But Satan has one goal and one mission, and that is to snatch as many people as possible to live in eternal damnation. And if you don't like those terms, let me just say it like this. Eternal separation from Jesus Christ. Our life. Our love. The presence of God. And I don't know where you are in your theology and what you think about that, converse, that conversation and those ideas, but I would just tell you this. Many of us do not share the gospel. We do not share Jesus Christ to others, or we don't pay forward the love that we've received from Jesus because we just simply forget that there is an eternal consequence to not believing in Jesus. Okay. I can see that was a really exciting one. You're really, you love that one. So let me continue. How about this last reason why we won't share the gospel, why we share our faith, why we won't tell someone about Jesus is we just have a general lack of care. And, and let me say it like this. I think we have a lack of care because we have a vision issue. I think in life, we, 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 we just aren't looking for those that are hurting we're not really interested in saving others because we're just not looking for that one that is suffering. And, and again, that's a direct reference to this idea of what the etymology, the word meaning of sozo in Greek is to look and save that person who is suffering. And, and, and I think at this point, and what the Lord is positioning me to do at this very moment is that the Lord would begin to do a work in us today 
specifically about this is that God would give us a new vision, that he would give us a passion for the lost and he would give us, he would give us sight to see those people who are suffering. He would give us intuition, that he would gift us with his spirit to have uh, uh, maybe words of wisdom and, and, and that he would give us, he would give us uh, uh, the right words to say at the right time. And, and again, I, I could teach till I'm blue in the face until it is 12.15, but, but it will get you nowhere unless God begins to impart in you this heart for the loss. And so just all across this room, I, I just feel compelled to do this. Can we just make this a place of prayer? Would you just close your eyes? Would you bow your heads? Would you forget about everybody around you? And Jesus, today, we come to you. And, and, and God, we, we, we don't want something just to be taught to us, but we truly want something to be caught within us today. That God, as Jude reminds us that we are called to save and to snatch, God, I just pray that you would give us vision. You'd give us the vision to see people who are hurting, people who are struggling, people who are broken, those people who are lost, people who are void of the relationship qualities and, and, and experiences without you, Jesus. God, I just ask that you would give us a heart, that you would give us the audacity to share, that you would give us uh, a reminder on a daily basis that you haven't uh, just saved us to be saved, but you had saved us so that we might help save others around us. God, good, give us a passion. Give us that desire today. In Jesus' name, amen. My right rude Jude statement that I want to, say is this, and in light of, in essence, what I'm talking about is evangelism, is this, is, is uh, one day we will stand before the Lord, and I believe we're not going to hold account for our sins, but we truly will be held accountable for how many people we snatched out of the fire. See, I believe that Jesus' blood covers our sin. He has redeemed us. He has paid the price. And I think when we get to sit at the throne room of God and we're at the table with Jesus, it's, it's, he's not sitting here going to nitpick us about our sin, but he's going to say this, how did you respond to the grace and kindness and the mercy that I showed you? And what I want to remind us as a church and as individuals that God has blessed you and you are called to be a blessing. So how do we save and snatch? How, how, how do we respond to this? How do we, how do, we do better when it comes to, 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 to really joining Jesus on this mission to save that which is lost? Uh, my first uh, really thing that we could apply to our life is this, is pray it. That God has called us to pray for the lost and, and the lost. And, and, and he says something like this. He says something like, the harvest is plentiful, but the worker is few. Pray that the Lord of harvest would send people. And, 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 and again, not only are we praying for workers, but we're also praying that, that, that those workers would come across um, at the right time, with the right words, with the right actions, with, with the right messaging and the right moment led by the Spirit to lead people to Jesus. And, 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 uh, and I want us to understand this. I was just listening to a podcast from one of my friends uh, who's also uh, kind of helps in the church 
planting um, organization that we're a part of. Her name's Amy Robery. She says this. She goes, you know, it was never my job to get be saved. It was never my job to, to be saved. Like it, was, it was never her thing to just figure out. And, and I would just to tell you this, is it's really not our job to save anybody. It's just to be that agent, that ambassador, to be a vessel to lead people to salvation. So let's pray it. You know people who are hurting today. Pray for them. May this be a reminder that we would never give up on those people who are far from God, that we would continue to pray, that we would continue to intercede and ask God to continue to use you, but also do his work within those people. Uh, this is the other thing, and I, let me just speed it up really quickly. We're, we're called to say it. I think a lot of us like the idea that we're just supposed to show it, and we do need to show it, and that's my next point, but we're called to say it. We are called to use our voice to tell people about Jesus today, and the way to do it is this. It's just a simple invite. The invitation is, is, is truly how people can come to Jesus. And yes, you can memorize the Roman road and you can, Romans road, and you can Google that and figure out how to lead someone to Jesus around the table, which I think is phenomenal. And some of you are called to do that. But for, the, for some of you, you may not get to that place of, of, of maybe being comfortable to do that. And I would just say that, that if you're not comfortable in leading someone to Jesus, then lead someone to Echo. I mean, I mean, we are committed right from the beginning to lead people who are far from God to take a step towards him. And that's why we pray the prayer at the end of it. And I'm also really committed to not be completely strange on stage all the time. <laughs> only, part, only partly on moments, you know, and then I regret it and then I have to repent later. But, but anyway, I always want this to be a safe space where you invite people to take a step towards Jesus. We need to say it. Uh, let me say it like this. I want to be people who have a key, the key in hand versus the key in pocket. And I try to live that. I try to model that. And not model it because I'm your pastor, but model it after Jesus. I want to follow Jesus and what he does. In fact, everybody who comes in contact with me is in danger of an invitation. They, they truly are. This, uh, this last week, shipped, a shipped uh, driver came. I think his name was Nathan. And, uh, and I was mowing the lawn. And then all of a sudden, I wasn't anymore. <laughs> and I stopped. And I said, hey, man, thanks for dropping off the stuff, you know, the goods. And, and, uh, and, uh, and, and I just started a conversation with him. And I asked him why he was delivered. I mean, really, like, you know, let me just cue you in if you use shipped or any of those things. Or they're delivering food, like food. Just ask him why they do that. And this guy said, well, I just, I'm kind of bored. And I said, well, why? Well, I just moved to town. Well, how, you, you build a relationship? No, I'm struggling with that. And what I was able to do in a very short moment was invite him to come throw some Frisbee golf with us on Wednesday night as a men's group and just try to be that light that would ultimately lead him to Jesus. And then right at the end, I said, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm a pastor too. And he's like, oh, that's strange. <laughs> Some, uh, he said some word I didn't even understand, but I was like, okay, yeah. And I said, you can always come and visit us here too. We'd love to meet you. Let us be people who are not afraid to say it. And then we also need to show it. Words are cheap. We're going to say it, but let's show it. That's what we're saying. Let, let, let our showing align with it. Luke eleven thirty three 33 says something like this. No one hides a lamp and hides it 
so no one can see. And one time I heard that and I felt like the spirit whispered to me, you know, when you hide your flame, what you end up doing is burning your home down. And I think that's what happens with a lot of deconstruction when it comes to, to spirituality and Christianity is we're deconstructing because actually what we've done is we've not actually lived the mission that God has called us to be. And then all of a sudden we're like, we don't even get why we believe so may we be people that show it. And then lastly, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it bolder than I've probably ever said in the history of Echo Church, but we are called to pay for it as well. We are called to financially, truly get behind the mission of Jesus to go everywhere and to tell Jesus about it. What I love about Donald, I don't know if you know this, the guy who led us in, or if you weren't here last week, you don't know this, but the guy who led us in communion, man, he literally sold everything he had in, in, in uh, Australia to move across the world, to go to San Francisco, a very difficult place, to go tell people about Jesus. And we're called to be people, to get behind people like that. There's another couple, like I said, Mike, uh, Mike and Becky, who are here, and they are, they, he literally quit his job in the last few months to, to be on mission to tell people about Jesus and start a brand new life-giving church. We are a church that's called to support people to start churches like that. We're called to send missionaries to go to the uttermost part of the earth that all people might hear the beautiful name of Jesus and if you've not bought into the vision of giving more and beyond your tithe I would just say this with 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 no regret is this is start giving to that mission today and see how that changes your heart as well I think someone needs to 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 hear this as you listen to this video it's so unique. What a unique thing that this man and organization is doing. And I just want to tell you today that, that God has created you unique. And he's called you to leverage what he's given you to share Jesus. You don't have to be him. You don't have to be me. You just have to be you. You. And I'm just trying to teach you. I'm trying to encourage you. I'm trying to, to uh, truly just uh, 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 start this, this desire for you to just truly be present and be willing to be that ambassador for Jesus in your context. T. Forsyth says this, Christianity is not the sacrifice we make, but the sacrifice we trust. And it's not the victory we win, but the victory we inherit. May, my prayer is this, may the world inherit, inherit what God has given us, has given this church, has given us individually. May we pay it forward. Jesus, today we, uh, we surrender once again to you. We acknowledge that you have saved us and you now lead us. May we be people who are passionate about the rescue, passionate about seeking and saving the lost, passionate about leaving the 99 and going after the one.
May we be people, the people that you have called us to be. Lord, send me. Amen.
I'm truly grateful for a pastor and a church that cares enough about us to not let us stay where we're at. You know, I want to let you in on a little secret. What I do professionally and have for 15 years, I'm a financial advisor. So I do. And I help people in various stages of their life and various stages of economics and all these different stages. And I'm going to tell you the truth that has stuck out to me so much is any resource without purpose becomes a burden. And if you're living a life where your time lacks purpose or your money lacks purpose or your general life lacks purpose, it will always feel like a burden. And so I just want to let you in on that. So when when you hear Pastor Andy challenging us as a church to be faithful in giving, when you hear Pastor Andy challenging us, when you hear Pastor Christy and Lizzie talking about it in the announcements today, man, I promise you, not one second did somebody go, man, we, we should build up the church savings account. Or we need a new this or something. Like, that's just not what's coming out. But instead, it's an opportunity to live in purpose and remove that burden that so many of us feel. When we talk about purpose, one of the things we do every single week is we encourage our entire church, whether you are here for the first time taking your first step with Jesus or you've been here a hundred times, to say a specific prayer together. And it's just an opportunity, whether it's the first step or a step in the journey. And we all say it together. I'd love it if you join us this morning. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. Everybody said amen. Let's do this. Let's celebrate some people that maybe said that for the first time today. Come on. We'd also love to say welcome and and just celebrate anybody who came for the very first time to church today. Welcome to Echo. We're so glad you're here. 